0: This is Customer Experience Leaders, a podcast produced by Rate It's a show where we reveal the secrets of how great brands delight their customers.
1: I mean, they expect the best when it comes to to our venues. And and one thing that I learned early on in my career was getting it right the first time. And that's the mindset that I've translated here to Madison Square Garden.
0: That's the voice of Joe Pico. He's the director of guest services at the Madison Square Garden Company. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey. Hi there, I'm Michael Momsen. So, Michael, today we're speaking to the head of CX at one of the most well-known sporting and entertainment arenas in the world, Madison Square Garden.
2: Yeah, I was really, really looking forward to this conversation and Joe didn't disappoint. He heads up one of the most iconic venues in the world, The Garden in New York City. And not only is he responsible for the guest experience, so the customer experience, and we dig into that, but also the 500 odd staff that are delivering that experience. And we explore everything from getting your drinks to getting to your seats, to going through security and how exactly do they do that? It's a fascinating conversation.
0: And Madison Square Garden was crowned as the busiest arena in the world last year with over a million ticket sales throughout the year. And so we started off by asking Joe, what are some of the challenges of managing customer experience at the world's busiest arena?
1: Well, it's taking uh, each of our guests and breaking them down individually and not looking at them as as a whole, but putting that that human face, that human touch to each of our guests so that if there is any sort of service recovery that is needed, it's done on that individual basis.
2: That's great. And I, I love how you think about that, actually, because it's so easy to think... We're going to have 20,000 people come through here tonight, but actually every guest has their own situation. It could be a big event for them. They could have traveled. I suppose there's a story behind each one. Maybe tell us a little bit about how you think about what is a great guest experience then for each one of those individuals.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they expect the best when it comes to, to our venues. And, and one thing that I learned early on in my career with the, uh, the PGA Tour was getting it right the first time. And that's the mindset that I've translated here to Madison Square Garden. Um, because very easily, you can kind of fall into a, a trap of, we'll get it right tomorrow. Well, that's, that guest won't be here tomorrow. So we've got to be of a mindset of, of service recovery in the moment, as quickly as possible so that they can have that exemplary uh, experience that they uh, they expect.
0: So it might be worth then just kind of setting a bit of context here for what all of those touch points really are. Let's talk about some examples. Is it, you know, food and beverage, is it ticket sales? Is it customers in and out of the venue? Is it, you know, transport to and from the venue? Like how, how do you think about all of these different facets when somebody's coming to an event which is hosted at Madison Square Garden?
1: It starts with when our guests are purchasing tickets to uh, to an event at our venue. How does that workflow go? Is it an easy, seamless experience? And then from there, it's getting to the venue, so providing proper messaging, which entrances to use, which are the, the most ideal, and then once inside the venue, Obviously, safety and security is is paramount with our building. And then what options do our guests have from a food and beverage standpoint? The one thing that I think we do really well here is that we do everything in-house, whether it's the the food and beverage, uh, security, guest services. Everyone is a Madison Square Garden employee, and that has allowed us to cultivate the proper culture and to get buy-in from our frontline employees.
0: I really love this kind of overarching view that you have of, you know, the the journey starts before they enter the venue, right back to when they purchase a ticket, through messaging into which entrance to enter through. Is there kind of like an overarching philosophy that you have when you think about how you're approaching the customer's experience? You know, you talked about being seamless earlier on, but I'm just wondering, you know, if you're touching on all these different points in the customer journey, philosophically, how do you think about improving that experience for each customer?
1: Absolutely. It goes back to my previous point about breaking it down to that individual customer, not looking at it as the masses, but how is that individual affected? I come to uh, to the venue on a daily basis. I know where to go, where to come in, what's the quickest entry, but, but we need to look at it from that individual who may have their first time here at Madison Square Garden or may only come a a handful of times and what is that experience and look through the eyes of our guests. We're constantly doing mystery shop when it comes to our executive level and and kind of entering as guests and and kind of seeing how that journey goes and and how we can improve upon it.
2: Do you have any um, examples or or stories that come to mind where I suppose that philosophical approach of going through the guest journey and making sure that you're cognizant of everyone has their own unique story and it's not just 20,000 people coming through. Do you have any examples of as you started that type of thinking throughout the organization and just what's either been some change as a result of that or where there's been some examples of you know great customer stories that have come out because of that way of thinking?
1: Absolutely. One of the work groups that I'm I'm most proud to uh, to oversee is our uh, accommodative services group. Uh, those are our staff that aid guests who who need any sort of uh, accommodation, whether it be because of ambulatory needs, uh, vision, hearing, anything along those lines. So anytime that uh, that we can make their experience an optimal one, that's where I think we shine the best, and and that's where we we hear from from those guests quite frequently because with a number of them, this is their outlet. This is their experience. And they come to Madison Square Garden and to put aside whatever concerns or issues there are in their lives that for a few hours, and that's a big win for us and a kind of a magical experience for them.
2: And you mentioned that there have been some times where things haven't gone <laughs> well and where there's service recovery that needs to kick in. Do you have any Stories that come to mind where someone did go through that journey and something didn't go ideal, but you guys were able to to recover it.
1: Oh, absolutely! And uh, it's funny, it's actually when we when a small, very small thing, but uh, when we um, first started utilizing uh, voice of the customer, we had the band Fish here for thirteen nights, long run. After the first couple nights, one of the concerns that was popping up was that we weren't letting our guests keep their uh, caps to their water bottles. Their fan base tend to, to dance a lot and move around and uh, they want to stay hydrated.
2: Oh, right. So there's there's water spilling spilling everywhere on the dance floor.
1: Everywhere. But we made that quick pivot and um, we raised our MPS score uh, about 20 points, literally show to show. And if you're familiar with the band at all, their fan base tends to go religiously to each of the shows. So you're going to see the same faces.
2: Oh, wow. You had some people go to all 13 shows.
1: Literally all 13 shows. It's a different show every night.
2: That's incredible. I think you're probably one of the, the few companies in the world that managed to lift their NPS by 20% by letting people keep their <laughs> their water bottle
1: caps on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just it's those little things and that's what, it, that's what it comes down to. It's the little just pivots that can make such a difference to our guest experience.
0: I find it so interesting that just like such a small thing can have such a big impact can we dig into this story a little bit more? You're talking about capturing voice of the customer data, and that means that people are obviously complaining about the water bottle caps. What's the process internally of how you're actually capturing that feedback and then turning it into action internally so that you can actually make the change?
1: So um, uh, we have a voice of the customer partner that we, uh, that we use, and we're, we're surveying on a nightly basis after every single event. Um, another one of my teams that I oversee is our... Um, voice the customer uh, team. And they're constantly combing through those that are detractors and champions and seeing what that feedback is. And it's something that each of our uh, executives within our company have access to and can look at on a daily basis. And it's, uh, it's, it's quite frankly, a quick read. You go through a few surveys, you can kind of really quickly see what concerns and what uh, wins our teams have had the night before.
0: So, Joe, one of the things I think that is quite a challenging part of running an arena or, or a venue is getting people in and out of that venue. And it can be the cause of, a you know, quite a big frustration point if things are, you know, too slow. And so, I'm just interested in learning how the team at Madison Square Garden thinks about optimising you know, getting customers in efficiently and getting them into their seat efficiently and not having customers disturbing other people. And, you know, you've only got a few different entry and exit points and all that kind of stuff. How do you think about this kind of customer in customer out approach?
1: Well, first thing we look at is obviously the safety and security of of our guests. That's paramount. I mean, I, I would say that we have Probably some of the most stringent uh, security measures in any arena in the world. But with that, it it creates challenges in its own. The more difficult your security procedures are, the longer it's going to take for guests to enter into the building. So, current state where we're looking is we're looking at physical entrances into the building and, and how we can utilize multiple entrances to get people into our building. Currently, we have one main entrance and that's, it's it's beautiful. It's opulent. It's where everyone wants to come in. And, uh, right now it's, how can we get our guests to those other locations to kind of disperse the crowd?
2: Joe, I understand that you have some cool software. (laughs) I want to hear about it. Something around like managing the flow of guests and so forth. Is that something that's in the wheelhouse?
1: So one thing that we're uh, working on and and we're expanding on is our uh, ingress data and how we're um, identifying how we are doing from an event-by-event standpoint. So using technology to recognize the amount of guests that are coming into our venue and quickly um, annotate that data to see what entrances are working at peak efficiency and which sort of need a little bit more assistance or potentially more staff are we getting more um, bags or those sort of extra items that guests are bringing in and and is that slowing down
2: oh interesting so if you've got choke points that are going red then you can add sort of operational uh you know, monitors sends you know redeploy staff in real time to to manage that because you can see with the data coming through that oh we're doing a lot more bags at gate seven B or what have you let's send some manpower there to help them out
1: absolutely and uh, future state I mean it's it's a matter of doing push notifications and telling those guests who who haven't come yet or haven't entered our building, what entrances are ideal and, and what are the best locations to go ahead.
2: Oh, to redistribute those waiting to say, go to gate eight, you'll have a quicker check-in experience there.
1: Or that haven't even shown up yet. The one nice thing with Madison Square Garden is that most of our guests travel on foot or, or train or that sort of manner. They're not really driving in per se. So, um, it actually allows us more opportunities to interact with our guests via their mobiles so that we can uh, provide them with the most accurate and up-to-date information as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's almost like um, events venues and airlines are these in this really weird scenario where they have to get people in really quickly because there's a defined start point of, you know, a flight taking off or an event starting and you don't want to miss the beginning. Um, But you have to manage and juggle this this other side of it, which is the security side of things. And so, that's really important, but obviously very difficult.
2: In my experience when going in and out of events, I actually find the people factor really important. And sometimes, even when the building's very modern. Like if you sort of get this grumpy security guard or someone who gives you a bit of an attitude on the way in, like that's actually more of an annoyance than even though it's flowing well, you would think that technically what I want is low wait times and just go through efficiently. So I've had times where I go through efficiently, but I don't really get the smile. And there's been other times where you can tell that, you know, it's an older place and you have to wait longer to queue in, but that's also part of the magic. And if the human element sort of compensates for that, it can actually still be a really great experience, even though technically, I've waited longer. I wanted to just get your thoughts on on how you guys think about this and the sort of people element to, you know, crowds moving in and out.
1: So for us, it's a, it's a balancing act. What we try to do is make sure that the right staff are in the right positions and it's consistency. So if Sally is the ticket taker at the entrance A, that she's consistently there so that when our seasoned members come to Knicks and Rangers games, they see Sally on a nightly basis.
2: Oh, that's clever. So even though there's 20,000 people going through, they almost get that sort of personal coffee experience because they get to say hi to Sally each time.
1: Absolutely. And that sort of journey also continues on when they're in the building, um, whether it be at our concession locations, we try and put the same staff at every concession location and the same ushers at each of the sections as well. So whether it's the first game of the season, the 10th game of the season, or the last game of the year, you're getting that consistency.
0: Joe, welcome to the quickfire round. This is our lightning game show segment where we ask you quickfire questions and you've got 10 seconds to answer. Are you ready to go?
1: I think I am. Go
0: ahead. <laughs> All right. Joe, what brand do you look to as an example of great
1: customer experience? Oh, absolutely. Disney, straight up. That's uh, that's the, the number one right there.
2: And Joe, what did you uh, want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh boy, I wanted to be a uh, professional hockey goalie. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> uh, didn't turn out. I got I got as close to the ice, I guess, uh, working with the Rangers as uh, as I could.
0: Nice, nice. Joe, what skill are you terrible at?
1: Oh boy, spelling. Horrendous. Just uh, I am just not not a good speller. Unfortunately, my my mother was an English teacher, so uh, it uh, it uh, led to a number of years of ridicule.
2: And Joe, what are you reading right now?
1: Uh, uh, right now i'm uh i've got excellent wins um i've got my actually my whole team uh reading that one just to uh to take a look at uh, the ritz carlton model and and uh how they can uh um push their uh their their customer service forward joe who's someone that you really admire oh god jack welsh uh over at ge i mean to to be able to put the number of different pieces that that General Electric was in its uh, in its heyday—that was, uh, um, I mean, really an amazing organization and a testament to uh, to his leadership.
2: And uh, Joe, what's a non-work related thing that you're really into right now?
1: Oh boy, non-work related, which is uh, a little bit few and far between. But uh, I've got uh, I've got two little uh, six-year-olds that are uh, uh, hopefully going to. Uh, live out my dream of being that uh, professional uh, hockey goalie. So uh, right now it's uh, cultivating their uh, their careers.
2: Oh, nice, nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where do you go to upskill? what What channel? You know, is it is it books or video or podcasts? What's your channel of choice?
1: Uh, right now has been it's been podcast. I mean, I'm on I'm on the train um, commuting in about uh, about an hour and a half each way. So uh, uh, it gives me a. a plenty of time to uh to uh take a look and see what's out there in the in the net promoter world and uh kind of cherry pick what uh what what interests me
2: awesome and finally joe what is your guilty pleasure
1: oh boy what is my guilty pleasure i just uh i I love i love watching uh european football i just uh my uh my team's juventus and uh, uh hopefully with uh uh, Champions League coming up this week. We'll uh, we'll see what we can do against IF. So, Joe, you're
0: the Director of Guest Services at the Madison Square Garden Company. We know what Madison Square Garden is, you know, the, the world's most famous arena. But what is the master company that, that looks after this?
1: So, uh, we, we own and manage uh, six venues uh, across the United States. Um, we have here in New York, uh, we have Madison Square Garden, the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, the Radio City Music Hall, the Beacon Theater in Chicago. We uh, we own and manage the Chicago Theater, and in uh, Los Angeles, Inglewood, we uh, we manage uh, the Forum. In addition to that, we also um, have a number of properties. Uh, we have obviously the the Radio City. Uh, uh, Rockettes, the New York Rangers, the New York Knicks. And uh, we'll be expanding our venue portfolio. We'll be opening up the MSG Sphere in Las Vegas in a few years and uh, we'll be uh, hopefully bringing that to other markets uh, shortly.
2: That's great. And do you take this model that we spoke about around the cultural element and the control end-to-end, do you take that across to the other venues as well and you look to do that as you expand the the venue
1: footprint? Absolutely. We call it the the MSG playbook. It's sort of a a single Bible that we take across to all our venues to say, okay, here's how we do things as a culture. Now, do we tweak it? Yes. We'll adjust based on uh, the footprint of the venue or or the um, culture in the venue or in the city. But yet we try and standardize as much as possible.
0: So Joe, I was gonna ask you about what your role involves, but you dropped this bombshell of the MSG playbook, and so I can't move on without
2: knowing what that is. <laughs> we, we we want the we want the cliff notes.
1: Sure. I mean it's literally it's, it's soup to nuts. It's how we handle everything from booking an event to customer service to staffing, the menus and pricing and all all that all in one book. And do you mind
2: touching on those, I suppose, especially as it relates to customer experience, it'd be good to understand some of the the sort of guiding uh, principles that sit in that playbook, which you look to run across the different venues.
1: Absolutely. And it starts with customer service. We understand that our guests could take their entertainment dollar to other avenues, whether it be here in New York to Broadway or other venues. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, first and foremost, it's looking at that experience and how we're delivering it.
0: All right, Joe, thanks for going on that uh, slight tangent. So the question that I was going to ask before was, as the Director of Guest Services at Madison Square Garden,
1: what do you actually do? Ultimately, it's supporting our uh, voice to the customer platform, our guest services, whether it be questions, concerns, before an event, after an event, obviously supporting our uh, accommodative services and making sure that the frontline staff that are part of my work group are supported and aren't left out on that island. All in all, it's, uh, it's a significant size. It's about uh, about 450 uh, staff members.
2: That, that's actually an interesting point. So the the folks that are delivering the service on the ground, you know, Sally at the ticket, they report ultimately up into the head of guest services. So it's not just customer experience that sits as a sort of HQ function and you're having to go over to the operational team. Actually, the guys on the ground delivering those services, <laughs> you know, roll up onto your responsibility.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, and that, and that's what you'll find in a few organizations that it's that corporate department that sort of oversees uh, guest services or something along those lines. And uh, and here, no, we're uh, we're boots on the ground and support team in the in the back.
0: Joe, one thing that you may not have noticed, but I've picked up from this discussion is you use the word guest a lot. You know, it's in your job title, Director of Guest Services. And when you talk about patrons or the general public coming into an event at your venues or one of your venues, you refer to them as guests. And there's only one other brand that we've spoken to in our, you know, 35 or 40 episodes, which has done that, which is Disney And they refer to all of their customers as guests. And I just wanted to point that out as an interesting viewpoint that, you know, people are coming to the venue for an experience and and they want to have, you know, this, this great moment of immersion entertainment and all that kind of stuff and so just kind of coming full circle back to one of the first things you said in this discussion which is you know that every single person has a story and and a reason for being there every seat has a story and so you know that that viewpoint um, I think that culture internally of treating everybody like a guest in your venue gives that that hospitality um, attitude and so I really love that
1: oh absolutely I, I mean it we truly are a family here, and i'll uh, I'll actually touch on one story um when I started here uh back in two thousand and ten, we had a guest who went into labor at an event oh wow I, and and one of my uh, one of my staff members sat with her, aided her as our uh medical team was was coming in to, uh to kind of take over and support and the child that was born will come. Almost as like a, an anniversary will come on a yearly basis. Oh that's amazing uh, to come and visit visit the venue and and visit with the, the team member who's, who's still here and uh, and has kind of seen them grow up through the years so it's uh, it's one of uh, one of our amazing stories here.
2: Well Joe, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Oh, and I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to, to sit down and talk with you guys.
0: Well, Michael, that was a wonderful episode with Joe from Madison Square Garden. You know, a brand that is globally known for being the most famous arena in the world. They do a lot of great stuff that we uncovered today in terms of customer experience and making it a really seamless interaction for all the guests that visit. So, why don't we sum up the key takeaways from this episode? What did you have first? Yeah, there were a few
2: things that really jumped out at me. The first one was details really matter. Mm. Um, and even when you're big and you're complex and there's so many moving parts, who would have thought that bottle caps could increase NPS by 20%? <laughs> and, you know, while it's a it's a wonderful story for their specific situation, it reminded me very much of like the Disney obsession around picking up the trash and, you know, Walt Disney going around and. And picking up, and you know, McDonald's have a similar ethos as well. And so while uh, this was less about the sort of obsessiveness or cleanliness, like this was something that was very specific from the customer feedback data. I think it was really, really good takeaway around not only the details matter actually, but like being able to be super agile to that customer feedback to then be able to turn on a dime to be able to deliver the impact uh for those details. So yeah, I suppose my my takeaway would be uh what's your bottle caps? I'm sure there's some nice smaller. Uh, Wins where you can, uh, you know, deliver an upside in in customer experience.
0: I really love that one, and and that reminds me. I think you kind of touched on it there, Michael. The second takeaway, um, and the one that I had was being able to take action really quickly on the feedback that you're getting. And so Madison Square Garden was getting this um, really interesting voice of customer feedback and, uh, and and they were able to turn it around the following day and actually make a change that made a huge impact. And so I think sometimes we can get caught up trying to build these customer journeys and build all these processes and tools. And those things are important, but what's equally important is you know actually responding to things that are happening in real time and being able to take action straight away so that you can fix that problem that's happening in the moment.
2: The other takeaway that I had was you can make the big personal. I mean, like we said, this is the garden in... New York City like it doesn't get much bigger than this in terms of reputation and 20,000 people going through but yet they can still make it personal they can still have Sally that knows your name if you go regularly uh, through that same door I mean that is an incredible attention to detail that makes something really really big and such a huge event like okay I'm now going to go to a Katy Perry show oh my gosh there's Sally again it's almost the local coffee shop experience done at scale and I thought this was, was really, really incredible and it actually didn't take that much to do. It was just some clever scheduling and some good training around service oriented folks on the front lines and being able to control that. That really made such a big impression on me is that something that big and that sophisticated can yet come across as very personal.
0: The last takeaway that I had was it's really important to manage service recovery in the moment. And I didn't really think about this until Joe pointed it out. But, you know, that guest who's had a problem won't be there tomorrow and they potentially won't ever come back. And so, again, similar to uh, to my previous point, takeaway number two about, you know, turning around feedback and putting it into action straight away that actually comes down to not even doing things the next day but doing things in the moment and setting up a culture where staff have enablement to be able to actually fix the problem and uh, and do that service recovery and help the customer in that moment that they're having the issue uh, so that you know they go away feeling like that the, the problem's been solved rather than festering on it for 24 hours or, or potentially forever because they may never come back and that applies not just to events at Madison Square Garden but to coffee shops retail stores whatever if you have a bad experience you may never to come back and so fixing that in that moment is really really important
2: hey and actually do you know what adam like while we're chatting there's another takeaway that hit me that is worth actually covering before we wrap was the way that they prioritized having control of all the elements like all the cogs from delivering a food service to security etc they recognize that as very important to being able to deliver a great experience every time. Now, for them, what was best was bringing that in-house. And that doesn't necessarily need to be the takeaway, like own all the elements in-house, because sometimes there are good reasons why you contract something out to an expert. But I think the point here is you want to make sure that you can control the experience and certainly have strong input if it's either contracted or in-house for all those key moments, right? Like lining up and getting a beverage or you know someone taking a ticket and you know security opening a bag and is that a service orientated in the way that's on the brand standards all those elements are something that you either want to control or have very very strong input to and very very strong standards that you can measure and manage because that is what's going to ultimately deliver a great experience so yeah the big takeaway here is make sure you're able to influence all the areas that impact the customer experience.
0: All right. Well, so, five wonderful takeaways. Let's sum them up.
2: Yeah. The first one is the details matter. What's your bottle cap?
0: Yeah. I love that one. Takeaway number two is uh, use customer feedback to take immediate action. And
2: number three is you can make the really big very personal.
0: Number four, make sure that service recovery is handled in the moment.
2: And finally, make sure that you can influence all the key moments that impact the customer experience.
0: Well, another wonderful episode. This one was a lot of fun. If you'd like to access some of the resources that we talk about in these episodes, you can find those in the episode show notes and you can find them by tapping or swiping over the cover art on your mobile screen now. You'll also find a link to add myself or Michael on LinkedIn. And we love hearing from the Customer Experience Leaders fans. So, please do that. We read and respond to every single person. Thanks so much and we'll speak to you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening. Customer Experience Leaders is produced by Rate It. Rate It can help you capture in-the-moment feedback, understand the insights from that, and take action to improve the customer experience. So, to find out more about how Rate It can help your organization improve your customer experience, head to the website rateitapp.com. That's R-A-T-E-I-T-A-P-P.com this podcast is made in partnership with Wavelength Creative. It was produced by me and Christopher Lawson, who also edited and mixed the episode. Our theme songs are by iColics, Peter Cooley and The Shrugs. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Adam Jaffrey. I'll speak to you next time.